Hey, Chad. Hey, Cameron. Sorry, I was taking a drink because that is what I do when I talk to you. That's a constant, and I am aware of it, so you didn't have to explain. I wanted to explain to the listeners who are our friends. Hi, Richard. <laughs> Hi, Richard. You're our friends. You're, you're plural. You're more than one person. We're going to cut you into pieces. I'm going to put little googly eyes on each piece, right? You know, the kind you get at Hobby Lobby for like a dollar because they're still open because prayer warrior. And then we're going to, uh, I don't know what we're going to do after that. I eat you. Do you have like, do you have googly eyes on hand? No. Do you have, um, like I, I find when I look for googly eyes, they sell bags that are like specific sizes or there's like a, a jumble bag. There's like a variety one where the big and small are mixed together. I figure, oh, that would be good because I might have different uses for googly eyes. Sure. I can never find the variety bag. Every time I go looking, that's sold out. And, like, the uniform sizes are the only ones there. And it's like, I don't want to buy a, all of these the same. Have you have you tried Amazon? I don't want to. I, Amazon's a last resort because variety I... bag. I don't want to sound like I'm liberal or something. But really, I really hate Amazon. <laughs> I would rather support, like, actual businesses. No, I, I get you. Also, here's a thousand-piece black wiggly googly eyes with self-adhesive in different sizes for $7. <laughs> yeah. And even then, though, like, I feel like I could get them for a little cheaper. That is enough googly eyes to get me through the apocalypse, though. And actually, if it's different sizes, I can mix them up. So there'd be, like, different size eyes, so that'd be funny. Yeah. Honestly, I feel like I should get a pack of those for work to just, like, put on stuff. Yeah. I think that would be... I might I might do that. That sounds really fun and just completely stupid. Oh, yeah. You know, I got these nice magnets at Target that look like little potted plants. Hmm. And you can stick them on a whiteboard and, like, draw a cute little, like, windowsill. Sure. Um. Everyone always thought those were delightful at my old job. Do they think they're delightful at your new job? No, I left them at my old job. Oh. But did you I, get them with what? Did you get them with like that job's money, or were they yours? No, they were mine. I mean, it's just it's this little knickknack, and it's like I don't need these. I'll just leave them because they're cute. And then it's like oh, I kind of missed my pretend little potted plants. <laughs> yeah. Well, this is opinions are cheap with Cameron and Chad. Hi, everybody. Hey, Cameron. Do you, do you have your? Uh, how's your your you? Because you're at a new place. How's your desk set up? Do you have all your fun little knickknacks? Because didn't you have like an Applejack figurine at your old place and some other stuff? I had like space for a couple amiibos. Yeah, you you got those back up, or you do you like ease into that? I don't really know what the protocol is. I never decorate my office. Well, no, my my office at my new place isn't really the same. Um, at my old job, I had more space than I needed. Okay. So I didn't mind spreading things out. At my new job, space is a little more, like, appropriately given to me, I guess. Sure. Where it's like, okay, I can actually use all my desk space for things that I need. So I'm going to just do work things. So I don't really mm. have knickknacks. Um, but I do have, I have, like, three calendars up. I don't get why people have, like, I guess I do and I don't. Like, everyone at work is like, do you want a calendar? And it's like, no, I have a computer. I can put things in my Outlook. Well, yeah, but then you have to, like, open Outlook and look at the calendar. Yeah, and that, but see, I have Outlook open literally every day, all day, so... But you have to, like, bring up the calendar tab. Right. And, like, look, I can just glance up while I'm on a phone call and go, yeah, Thursday works. I suppose. Like, I get it, I just, uh, I don't so, like having multiple things that do the same thing, so which is why, mine, I like... Mine don't do the same thing, because I have a calendar I use where I cross off the days like I'm in prison. Uh-huh. So that, that what that calendar is really doing is simulating motion, so I can I can get through the week without feeling like the week is dragging. Sure. So when do you um, cross it off at the beginning of the day or the end of the day? Uh, at the end of the day. Okay, so you did it. Got through a day. I get to exit out. Pretty much. Like close nice. out the week, and it's time for the weekend. Um, I have a dragon calendar that is on a it's on a filing cabinet that it's from an angle that only I can see. So no one at work knows I'm a furry that likes dragons. Um, and then I have a Star Trek calendar that was given to me as a gift by someone that knows I like Star Trek. So I have that go. on the other wall as a conversation piece so people can walk by and go, oh, is that is that one of those um, Star Treks? And I go, yeah, it is. And I go, neat. And they walk away. So they serve different purposes. 
I guess that makes sense. There's someone in I know are purchasing. She has three different calendars, and she uses them to track different things for. She might even have them like split by region because we order stuff from all over the place, and so she's can track, you know. And then she just knows exactly where to tilt her head and be like, "Oh, that's gonna come here." And you know, she's got a system, and she's told me, and it makes sense. And I'm still like, "No, I will use the computer for everything." And that system works for me, but it is also like, okay, if I'm on the phone, yeah, I have to load up or look and and search through my calendar or whatever and, and find the proper day. And I don't mind making people wait. Yay. Um, yay. So I don't know what you want to talk. I don't, okay, we have a, we have a plan topic. I don't know if we want to vamp for more bullshit or if we want to jump into the plan topic. Cause I don't really have a preference. Uh, well, we can talk a little bit about little things. So I want to talk, I did another acrylic pour paint today. Okay. And, um, this one went a lot. This was more, this one was an interesting one because on the whole, it went better than the first one. And that like, I got the paint to the right consistency across the board. So when I actually layered them in the cup, they layered properly, they didn't mix. And so when I dumped the cup, they did exactly what they were supposed to do and they spread out and they formed interesting patterns. Uh, there were two problems. One is I didn't put near enough paint in the cup, so I had to kind of do what I did with the first one to fill out the corners. And then two is my cat Ripley decided he wanted to jump on the table and see what was going on. And that dumb fuck put his paws just right in the middle of the canvas <laughs> while it was very wet. So... Midway through, I had to chase him down, uh, take him into the bathroom, get his paws really wet, and, and clean them off. And now they're because he's got white fur on his paws, he's got little boots. Uh, he's they're, they're stained turquoise and purple. <laughs> and I had to call the vet and ask them what I should do if this was a problem. And they're like, "No, acrylic paint is largely non-toxic." I was like, "Yeah, but I'm thinning it with very toxic shit." And they're like, "Well, there's only so much we could do here." If he starts throwing up, maybe bring him in. That sounds about right. He's been fine. He he doesn't even care. He took some pretty good swats at me, though, when I got him wet. He was not the happiest of kitty cats. But, but yeah, then I went back down and finished. You're doing some and... fun uh, paint stuff. Yeah, it was it was really fun. The whole, the whole process took about an hour and 20 minutes, and that kind of included cleaning up the cat. <laughs> so it was a... <laughs> uh... It's neat that you can get results quickly, is one of the reasons why I do like this. Like... The, the actual paint part doesn't even take more than, like, 15 minutes. It's the, the mixing things properly and, 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 you know, and getting the consistency right. And uh, cleanup takes a little bit because it is super messy. But it was it was a fun one because I got some of the pattern I wanted. I used a little too much white, but it kind of works because my other canvas is really dark. Uh, but one of the things with the blue paint is that it didn't mix properly, so this big glop of, like, just unmixed blue landed on the canvas. And I was like, shit, I have to get this off. And so I started tilting it, and the blue was running with it because everything else was really wet, and it was leaving, like, this blue streak. And so I started, like, tilting it in this wavy pattern, so I have, like, this weird, almost, like, tornado-looking uh, whizzy thing that goes through the, the, the middle of the canvas that kind of makes an S and then plops off. And it was like, that was a complete accident and something that people who do this a lot more than I do probably would never let happen, but it, it resulted in a really neat effect. And so the, it's a really cool thing of, like, it's random, but you really do find, like, what the picture is while you make it. And that's kind of cool. That's fun! I rec- yeah, I, I recommend uh, people try it. My my issue is it's it's really wasteful. You use a lot of paint because uh, it has to cover so thickly, and then the, the medium that, to thin it down, you use a lot of that, too. And so, and then... A ton of it falls off the canvas and onto the floor, onto the table, or wherever you're doing it on. So it's messy, and it's wasteful, and it's like, you don't need any artistic ability to do this. You can get really cool effects, but you are, like, paying a premium price to get it. And so there's this weird trade-off that is, like, capitalism, (laughs) or consumerism, I guess. Well, yeah. I mean, that's everything, though. Mm Mm-hmm. Art's, I had fun with it. So it was expensive. It was a great use of like an hour and twenty minutes today. I listened to a podcast and one I was really excited to listen to because they hadn't updated in a while. And yeah, my cat was kind of a dick, but it was funny too in retrospect. And he's doing fine. He hasn't thrown up at all, and he's eaten a handful of times because he's getting fat. I really. Oh, you mentioned podcasts. I really hate Spotify. Oh, I for just, podcasts. I cannot. Yeah, this isn't working at all. I really hate it. I, I don't use Spotify at all for podcasts. I still use iTunes. 
I have to I have to manually download each episode I want to listen to, and I also have to manually delete them. And also, when I try to listen to new episodes, it's put in like reverse order. So oh, if I'm weird. trying to if I'm catching up, it'll play episode sixty before fifty nine. So I have to sure. manually go through the playlist backwards because it won't sort differently. I'm I'm getting kind of fed up with it. Mm-hmm. So it's like basically I I lost three shows to Spotify because I just I forget to download them. And then even if I do, it's like a chore to manage. So I don't want to do it like while I'm trying to do stuff at work, you know? Yeah. I, do you want to like, I guess you could, can't you stream them? I suppose you don't want to like use the bandwidth on your phone or maybe there are rules at work about that. Well, yeah, I don't, I don't have, uh, that's not an option for me. Okay. That seems to be, it, I actually like, I wrote in and said, hey, is the app going to get features to make it function like a podcasting app? Because these are my problems right now. And I got like a generic response back saying all the features of the Spotify app about how you can stream music anywhere. It's like okay, thank you. Yeah, but it's like if you can't stream them, if that's not an option, then you're you're fucked, and that's a pain in the ass. Granted, like I do, like iTunes isn't great if you're manually doing it, which is how I also I do it because I throw them on my iPod. I don't stream anything. But iTunes I, has gotten better. It's like once I once I finish an episode, it will delete it for me. I don't have to like manually do that anymore. Which is well, literally handy. all podcast apps do that. Spotify is a music app designed for streaming and nothing else. Right. So it's like, oh, that's not for me, so I won't use it. But then they're like buying podcasts and making them exclusive. Mm -hmm. And it's like, okay, to what end are you? Are you trying to make me angry? Like, is the point here to hurt your brand loyalty? I don't know. It it sounds really frustrating, though. Uh, I don't know. Also, I finished my drink way sooner than I thought I would because it's only been twelve minutes and it's empty. Yay! (laughs) So you mind giving me like? What if I should eat that pot cookie? You want to go grab a cookie? I don't know. I, I don't know what to do with that, because I still have a chunk left. It'll take, like, 15 to 20 minutes to kick in. Are we going to play video games after this? If you want to. I kind of do. Okay. All right. I'm going to go do that, and then I'm going to fill this up with water, then, because it's going to give me some serious cotton mouth. Be right back. Sorry about that. That's fine. Alrighty. This has been in the freezer for a while. I'm unwrapping it right now, which is why you're hearing crinkly stuff. And it's only like... It's a decent-sized quarter, so we'll see how this goes. Yay! I think decent size is my favorite. Oh, no. I don't know how you want to edit this, because I'm just eating it. I'll also have to see how it mixes out. (laughs) I'll I'll add in more reverb. And a backing track. Yeah, mm-hmm. I don't know some and something else too. I I don't know sound things. I uh, I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> you seem like you make it sound pretty good when it comes out. I don't know what I'm doing. I swear to God, it, it tastes exactly like how it smells, and it doesn't smell good. Oh no! Well, that's now in me. So we'll see how this goes. I'm trying to check the emails. And I got this really obnoxious email from Blizzard saying, like, you could choose, we got a sale on our Horde and Alliance hoodies. And it's like, hmm. okay, winter's like over now. That's but, why they're on sale, Cameron. Boy, I am so, so, <laughs> not not to get too topical, but like, everyone's been talking about how bad 2020 has been. Mm-hmm. When's, when's Blizzard going to make the next big error? they're they're overdue to like top the news again it has been a bit and the the bar has been raised a little bit but i think they can do it i hope it's big (laughs) i hope it's big and dumb and we're just like why would you do that because it's kind of how we react every time blizzard fucks up (laughs) oh boy so i don't know um there's a there's another small thing i wanted to bring up but i was uh I've been watching this, like, last season of Steven Universe, and it's like, I just want to give, like, a quick review so far. By and large, it hasn't, like, warranted its existence yet. Okay. 
But these last couple episodes are starting to get interesting. So I think the finale is going to be good. But uh, I just want to say if you if anyone out there decided to give it a try and watched up to the the season five ending, that's an okay place to stop. Yeah, uh, I have a couple of people still trying to get me to watch this, and now that I think it has ended, correct? No, I think there's a couple more episodes, but I think they're like coming out this weekend. Okay. I guess the last couple, anyways, have been good, because they've renewed their, hey, you should watch this, and it's just like, no, nah, I'm still good, but I'm gonna wait till you, like, if you finish it and say it's worth watching, like, it earns its existence, I will watch it. But really, you are my final authority on Steven Universe. I, I kind of like the the season arc has been largely about Steven dealing with who his mother was. I thought and that I was feel the like, season five. Well, well, no, see, see, season five was about discovering this. This has been about dealing with the reality of it, where he he basically he stopped all evil in the galaxy and he saved the world and he. And everyone's reformed, and everyone's good guys, and everyone's happy, except him. He's the only person that's not happy anymore. And now that he doesn't have other problems to solve, it's like he has to face his own problems that he's been, like, suppressing. So that sounds really interesting when you break it down that way, whether the show executes it well or not. There was one interesting episode with, uh, you know that Pearl that was with White Diamond and she had, like, a messed up face? Yep. That was Pink's Pearl. Okay. God, Pink and, Diamond sucked, and I, I, I hate that yeah. they keep doubling down on that. Like, we fucking get it. Yeah. Well, they and they double down on it more. Um, Pink is the one that broke her face. Oh wow. And it and <laughs> so what was neat was like, uh, Pink Pearl showed up and said, "Hey, Steven, I heard you're healing everyone. Um, doing a try healing my face." And Steven's like, "Oh man, I can't believe White Diamond did this to you." It's like, "Oh no, this was Pink." And she goes into this thing where it's like, you know how victims of abuse will, like, justify things? Hmm. It's just very much that. About, it's like, oh, you know you know how Pink would lose her temper? Like, I, I asked her to calm down, and this is what happens. And it turned into this thing where Steven's having trouble dealing with that part of him that's inside him. And okay. he, he, like, shattered Jasper, and then went to White Diamond for help, and then almost tried to shatter White Diamond... Because he's like got all these like deep down, like fits of anger that he doesn't know how to deal with. Sure. And it's like this has been a really long season. Like if this was a shorter thing, <laughs> I think it would be an interesting arc to explore. But it's like, yeah, this has been dragging out for a bit. Yeah, it sounds like it. But it is the idea of like we save the world, but now what do we do next? Is an interesting one, and I feel like there are other shows that have tried that, and I don't remember which ones they are. Well, yeah. I also... I feel like just because they resolved the whole thing with the diamonds, it doesn't mean that there's, like, no more badness in the galaxy. Like, sure. I feel like there's room for... um, Like, you know, he taught Yellow Diamond to be more pacifistic and not have an army. But then was the army actually, like, stopping evil aliens? And now it's like a question of, you know, is is that justified, or is there room for, like, peace talks, and they could maybe try to explore that in a cute kids' show way. But they just don't. Are the I songs good? Um, I haven't heard any songs I like. I feel like the, the quality of the songs throughout the, the first five seasons were pretty good. Even if they're ones I didn't really like, I at least appreciated them in some way. Yeah, I I really like um, Spinell's songs in the movie. Yeah, those are pretty fun. I haven't seen the movie, but I've listened to the songs yeah. asked me to listen to. And like, yeah, they're pretty good. And the animation during them is really good. And I feel like if you watch those two songs, you watch the movie. Like, you're not <laughs> missing out on more. Sure. But that's all. I just wanted to chip that in. We, we probably oh, won't be I'm doing a whole that like, episode. Yeah. I was going to actually ask you about that, so it's like, oh, we're on the same page there. Yeah. it's Actually, it's trending on Twitter right now, so I'm wondering if the finale came out today. I had, but... uh, I feel like I had someone tell me that it did, but I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I Okay, I got a question. How do you think it should end? Like, do you think they should go the route of Steven becomes more normal, or Steven becomes, like, a leader that everyone else follows, 
Or should Steven, like, basically become a diamond? And he, like, accepts his responsibility? Honestly, I almost like the idea of him becoming more normal. Like, the, like, you, the reason you, you, you do war and, and shit like that, like, you save the day, and that's a problem, and, and, and it's hard. But you save the day so you can be normal, right? Like, you want the galaxy or the world or the country or whatever to return to some level of normalcy. People go back to work. You have pets, you know, you have friends and family, and you have dine-outs and stuff. Like, the things that we consider normal, or that Steven considers normal, I mean, like, it'd be cool if we, like, I did all this shit, and then I joined a band. You know, like, because he likes music, and his dad likes music, and I feel like that's always the ultimate goal, is he's got to find out who he is, he has to come to, comes to, come to terms, sorry, with uh, who his parents are, and then once he does, he can, he doesn't need to do anything more than that, like the war is over he's fixed that problem already you know what i like is when spider-man gives up his powers and then he'll like he'll watch a building on fire and the well the the fire department will take care of it i'm gonna eat this hot dog but eventually it's pushed to the point where it's like i really wish i could help more than i am and maybe it is a you know maybe it is a gift as much as it is a curse and I think that's an interesting thing for any superhero to go through like if i had the opportunity to give this up you know, the grass is always greener, but also I have this gift no one else does, so is it fair to give it up? And, you know, I think it's that, fun to explore these things. Yeah, well, I like how Fullmetal Alchemist did that, right? I think that was Brotherhood, where in order for uh, whatever that guy's name is to bring his brother back, he had to basically sacrifice his ability to do alchemy. And he was just like, fuck yeah, I'm gonna do that. Spoilers for a really old-ass anime, I guess. Um... So, I don't, you know, like, the idea of Steven maybe needing to give up his gym powers to go back to normal or to save someone, it's been done before, but I feel like it, it's a sacrifice that, after that many seasons, would still have a lot of weight, and it's one I would see Steven immediately doing without second thought, because oh, that's oh. who he is. Okay, what if he could do it, and he takes the gem out of himself, and he basically just, like, releases it and becomes human, but then the gem reforms into Pink Diamond? And she's just okay this whole time. That would be... I feel like that would be unearned. Well, n- or they'd have that, to kill her. That's the thing. Mean. Now that Steven has like inspired and united everyone, and everyone understands a little better uh, the trouble that she caused, it would be very interesting if she has this complicated relationship because it's like she... What if she's aware of this stuff? But also, she's not, like, feeling that guilty about it. But she also understands that, oh, Steven was better at this than I was. Like, that might be a season-long arc worth exploring. Yeah. I, I kind of liked it a little more when we never heard uh, Rose talk. When she mm-hmm. was just like, oh, that's a dead person that we just don't know. But then the more of her we see, it's like, uh. It's interesting at first, but then it's like, uh. I feel like it's interesting at first, and then it goes on too long, and then they did a movie in another season about it, and it's like, okay, it's really overstated. It's welcome as far as I'm concerned. I, so, I really liked when, when Steven sings the song Familiar, because it it feels like he's really coming to terms with who his mother was and who he has to be to make things right. And so that's a really, really impactful song. It's also a really good song. Great use of a show tune. And to me, like, that's the... That's the end of that. Like, he figures that out, and then he goes on to do what he needs to do, and we get the finale, that, and everything's fine. Yeah, and that, that climax at the end of the finale, where his, like, his gem soul is ripped out, but he's trying to get back to his human body, and, like, when White's, like, trying to order the pink gem around, and and then he just, like, shouts back, she's gone. Mm-hmm. And it's this, like, amazing affirmation of, like, the reality of the situation. That That was a powerful scene. Um, I, I mentioned earlier that Steven shattered Jasper. Yep. It was an interesting kind of anime fight where Steven's looking for answers about dealing with anger. And the other gems don't deal with anger problems. So he's like, I have to go talk to someone else. So he finds Jasper. He's talking to Jasper. They end up fighting and he doesn't want to because he just wants to talk. But she's like, no, I'm going to fight you because I'm butch. And they, they do this thing and she keeps pushing him. She keeps pushing him. Until the point where he has to, like, defend himself. And he kind of snaps and just, like, he's like, you know what? I am done holding back. And he just lets loose and basically overpowers her immediately. 
But what's neat is you don't really see it. Like, you see her get pinned down, and then he summons this giant, like, pink spiky wall and, like, starts to slam it down. And the episode ends there. Oh, wow. The next episode opens at the house, and he it's, like, raining. And he's, like, running upstairs, and he's, like, hiding something in his hand. And the gems are like, oh, hey, Steven, what are you doing? And he just, like, runs past him and runs into the bathroom. And he throws, like, the broken Jasper pieces into the bathtub. And he grabs the uh, the diamond water and like pours all of them into the bathtub and and he's like he's crying and he's just like saying like please be okay please be okay and his tears fall from his face and like land and turn pink in the water and everything like starts to swirl together and it had so much more emotional impact than anything that happened to ray skywalker because <laughs> i was i was just thinking about this and i was talking to my mom about the star wars movies and how it's like, why didn't why didn't Ray Palpatine have any problems with being a Palpatine? It's more like she was upset about it. Mm-hmm. And then nothing actually happens. <laughs> and I was like, here's a. I was watching this children's cartoon about lesbians, and it was actually a lot better than Star Wars right now. <laughs> so what am I? The, the, a lot of the stills I see of of uh, futures is Stephen like his models changed, right? He's older. Yeah, he's older. Um, I don't like he, how he looks. No. I don't like how he acts either. It's like he's trying to be more adult and he's not, mm-hmm. but not in a cute teenager way. It's more like I grew up. Um, and I know there's more Stefani stuff, and I don't like Stefani. Do you do you like when when uh, Stephen fused with his dad and he was a sexy rock star? I don't remember that gag. That was pretty good. That that confused a lot of people. I got a listener question, um, Alex. He says hi. He also wants to Hi. know if he needs primer to paint his new Star Wars minis. Yes. I told him I told him spray paint seems like that works. Um, you can get a decent spray primer. I recommend actually uh find a car primer. That you can get like a cost effective uh car paint primer that works really well because it's like it goes on smooth and it, you don't lose the details. But it's a little better than like craft paint primer. Okay. And then he wants to double check that like he can just buy like model paint stuff at a craft store. He doesn't need to buy these expensive Star Wars paints. And I've told him yes, but Yeah, there's a weird uh there's like a thing about branding, I guess, where it's a little weird how uh you don't need to get the name brand stuff, but with arts and crafts, typically the higher quality stuff does result a better quality. Okay. So even though you're paying more, the the question isn't should I pay for the best. It's more about how much do you want to spend on your hobby, budget around that, and then make the most of that dollar. Because you can use cheaper quality stuff, and it will still turn out pretty good. But if you want something that's amazing because you're so good at painting and you want to show the world, then you might have to invest more. Sure. You know what I mean. It is. It's one of those things. Like the game workshops paints are like five dollars a paint whereas the hobby lobby stuff is like a buck fifty and you're getting a basically the same amount of paint and it's like wow if you need multiple colors which of course you do you're painting something and you want to do tones and stuff like yeah you're gonna need six to eight colors and paying five dollars times six to eight is really really ridiculous for paints but obviously you, you do get kind of what you pay for but you're paying for brand name and it kind of reminds me of like buying parts at for a machine where they they make they make their money selling you parts and services, right? Like car dealerships and, and whatever. The parts are really expensive. It costs a lot of money for them to replace them. That's that's how they stay afloat. And I feel like that's how it is with paints and, and the uh, other accessories. Now, I got a question for you, Alex. Um, are you going to be playing with these miniatures? Are these display pieces? Because if they're display pieces, you'll also want either like a fixed tint that's, uh, that looks nice. Or keep in mind that you won't be fixing it. If you're playing with them, you definitely need a like a quality fixant because uh, that's the only thing that's going to keep the paint from chipping off as you touch them. I have to re- I since I yeah because I'm looking at you know the stuff I got going and it's like okay I'm not going to play with them they're going to be display stuff so I probably don't need to do that unless the cat decides he wants to knock them over a bunch. Yeah, I think you'd be fine though. Mm-hmm. Without. Uh, that's a good listener question. Yeah. So, we were going to talk about Star Fox. Yeah, we got a we got a little topic. Um, 
I don't think this would fill a whole hour, so this should be a fun one today. Okay, I'm watching this Steven Universe clip real quick. Oh, okay. Yeah, I just sent you um, Steven screwing his dad. Oh, so this is a... Why does he show off his midriff? Because he's cool. Like, oh, he has four arms. Oh, wow, he's got a, his guitar doubled, too. It's yes. like a weird Pokemon transformation. That's it's delightful. funny because he's got two dicks. Ah! That's the visual here. That's the uncomfortable question that this cartoon makes you ask. Oh, like, this design is funny because it kind of works, but the implication is so weird that I can't appreciate it. Yeah. And then you're like, but it's a kid's cartoon, and, and I shouldn't be asking this, but also... I mean, it's mostly innocent. Yeah. Um, it's just that, as an adult, it becomes a weirder thing. Anyways, so, Star Fox. We, we, the idea I believe you had was to pitch this as a movie. How would we write a Star Fox movie? Yeah, what would a Star Fox movie look like? Because they don't seem interested in making games. My, I guess... I have the Star Fox wiki open because I don't remember fuck all about Star Fox, and so I had to do a bit of research. Did you watch that short? No. They did put out a short film. I forgot. And it was mostly a, like, it was kind of an advertisement for Star Fox Zero, and it kind of serves as a prequel to the game, where if you watch that, you kind of know where the game's going to start. But it's still kind of a self-contained little story, too. And it's okay. So I guess there's actually a lot. There's a lot of characters in Star Fox, and there's a decent amount of lore. And so the question is, where do you start? And then do you set this up as a trilogy or a duology of movies, or do we want to tell one story that encompasses Star Fox versus Andros? I think this has to be one story. But let's say that it were to hypothetically do well, like movie two is about finding Dinosaur Planet and Crystal. Okay. But I think that. It's strange. Crystal is a character that basically is like the second most popular. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's from the worst game that doesn't fit within the canon at all. So they just sort of like pretend she was always there. So I don't know how, like, if, a, if they were to make a Star Fox movie, would Crystal be present is the first question. I feel like Crystal's the stinger. You think so? Yeah. Like... The movie's over, you win, or Star Fox beats Andros, and then there's the credits, and then it, like, pans to Dinosaur Planet, and you see, like, Crystal running away from something. And that's all it is. And people are like, oh, shit, it's Crystal, there's gonna be a sequel. You, oh, you know what they do? Um, however it ends, like, they, they stop Andros, and they blow up Venom, or whatever. Um, there should be a shot of, like, they could see the the explosion, um, from Corneria. Like, there's a shot of looking up at the sky, and there's, like, a bright star, and, like, that's it, they've done it, and everyone claps. The stinger too. should be, like, this, uh, the, like, night sky of that star, but the camera just, like, pans back, and you see, like, jungly leaves, and then a dinosaur, and then, like, Crystal's there, and she's looking at the star, and the, and the wise dinosaur is, like, it, that's an omen, you, you, your time has come, or something. And then she says, I'm ready, and she grabs a stick and, like, rings out the window. That works. I feel like that's a little, like, I don't like the writing of that, but I, I like, the like, the idea of it. Like, I like the visual of them looking at, like, the same sky and a different there, star system and seeing an effect. Yeah, that's not great writing, but I feel like that's how it would be composed. Mm-hmm. Because that's the thing, right, is this is going to be basically a blockbuster tentpole movie. Like, it's going to be fairly generic, except it's going to have this franchise that people recognized to some degree it's weird um this franchise is i want to call it beloved with a loyal fan base that unanimously hate all but one of the games yeah that sounds about right and i i don't know why people ask for more star fox actually because they hate every star fox that comes out the front page of the star fox wiki they had a poll from like three years ago on what's your favorite star fox game and star fox assault was like beating out all the others by a little bit. Which I thought was really interesting. Assault's really good. Assault um, is a pretty solid game. Did you like Star Fox 2? I never played Star Fox 2. I didn't care for it. Um, but I did like the designs, and I don't know why they didn't use the designs of the new characters. Because they were both cool. Actually, they were both female, too, so it added more variety in that sense. And then they've never come back. I don't know why. 
There was a poodle and a lynx. Lynx sounds cool. I don't like poodles. I just you know I I don't I'm not fond of poodles, but the character design is actually pretty good. Um. So with this movie, my question is, where do we start it? Because there's a couple options, right? We could have something to like Andros tricking uh was it James McLeod Fox's dad? Yeah. Like having that scene, so you have an action scene and then the betrayal. Uh, with the the pig, and it's like, ah, I got you. But I think the betrayal should probably be with Starwolf because he's a more iconic villain, and we're going to have to consolidate a bit, and I feel like he needs to be um, the first main antagonist. And if it's the pig, no no one gives a shit about the pig. You want to to actually condense this further? Well, I'm saying that's an option. I I feel like we're both going to be bringing controversial opinions to this. I want to back up a little bit before we even talk about the story. Um, how do you picture this movie being? Are you um, talking CGI like a cartoon or CGI like realistic characters? I feel like it has to be a cartoon like something Pixar would do. Like there's the realistic characters you're going to fall into some weird cat shit where it's not going to it's not going to work. So this is my vision. The Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie. Okay. The live action with the puppet heads. Oh, I'm saying like throwback to like 80s, 90s style movie and base this heavily off of Star Fox 64 to like play up the nostalgia angle, but make it feel old. Like don't like don't pretend this is the best decision. Like pretend it's being kind of kitschy. Okay, but I think there would be some fun there because Star Fox has a long history with puppets. That, That first game, they made puppets for the marketing thing. And and puppetry has been a thing that comes up like within the fan community a lot. I feel like if a movie came out in 2020 that looked like that, it would not do well because people would be like, what the fuck is that? But it would also not be generic and forgettable. That is true. I'm talking about, hey, this Sonic the Hedgehog had the worst design ever, and then they compromised with an, a tolerable design, but that made a lot of money because it got a lot of attention on the internet. <laughs> That's true. I guess I was thinking that we would make this a very generic action movie that would get like an average of a 5.5 to 6 out of a 10. It would make some money, but not enough for a sequel. Because that's sort of how these go. I'm saying we waste the studio's money in good faith and we do it right. (laughs) Well, in that case, we should probably start off with something else. Okay, what are you thinking? Well... Andros is interesting, and he's the villain, and so I, I, there might be something to starting off with him doing experiments, or like even just his like, because he gets tried and, and thrown to this weird planet, right? Like starting off with his court case, and he's he comes in, and then everyone's afraid of him, and he's oh, you banished. mean like like how Superman opens? Yes. Okay. I didn't say we we're gonna break any molds here, camera. No, no. I just I'm trying to get this visual of like. That would actually be an interesting way to set the stage for for why a bad guy is bad or hateful. Mm-hmm. And showing him being banished away. And he could already have some... Okay, well, here's another thing, too, is, like, Andros's design in the game doesn't make any fucking sense, because he's just a giant monkey head with hands. Um, well, he's a brain. Right. But before he was that, he was, like, a thing. Because he's, he's got a... He started off as not that, right? In what sense? Are you talking 64? I'm, I'm talking in just, like, general biology. Like, he okay. had to have he, a body. He he was uh, an orangutan. Yes. But his his controversial research into brainology and the powers of the mind uh, drew him mad, and he was, like, breaking laws in some of his studies and stuff. So I like the idea of he's already started on that, but he isn't his final form. So, like, Maybe he comes in and he's missing his arms, but his hands are floating next to him. Like, he's got floating hands, but he's still, like, a body yet. He hasn't turned into this weird, I'm a brain with brain powers. But he's on his way. And so, he's disturbing, and people are like, what the fuck is this? No, he shouldn't should he should have he shouldn't have the hands at all, but he's missing his, his arms. And, like, he's he's stuck in a wheelchair. Okay. So, like, there's a, there's a relatable sense of he doesn't want to be trapped in this body anymore. And he's so desperate that he's breaking laws to further his research, but it's at what cost to trademark? Okay. 
I, I, I like that. that works. Yeah. <clears throat> and then I feel like we jump forward, and Fox has a fairly long Star Trek-y uh, uh, journey, right? Because he was a evidently at some point he was maybe stealing from the rich and giving to the poor, <laughs> according to this and some comic book that came out. I I don't like that. I don't want to use that. But do we start with him already being leader of the Star Fox and learning how to do it, or does he get news from Peppy that his dad has died? I think... Okay, I like the opening is the courtroom thing, and Andros is banished. Mm -hmm. Do we jump ahead to, like, five years later, and then James McCloud is on the scene um, around Planet Venom, and then a transmission comes in from... Andros, what's he still doing alive? And it like it becomes mystery or something. And then there's like like it fades to black, and you hear like you hear callouts. Are we are we gonna replace Pigma with Wolf? I don't know. Uh, Part of for, me kind of uh, wants to because I hate Pigma. I think he's just, I don't like the, the pig things. I don't like as much. I think, but at the okay. same time, I think we should have Pigma, but I think he should also die early in the movie. Yeah. So let's just uh, so Pigma's there with with Peppy and James and the, like it fades to black but you hear the call out so like like he, he's on my tail I, oh no there uh, uh, Pigma no and then it, it like Fox wakes up in a nightmare and then okay. now it's present day how's that work that works and then so the I feel like we have we have a, we have a scene established and okay so we agree on the beginning that. We have to introduce an action scene fairly early on because it is an action movie and there are expectations. And technically the big action scene early on is the first level, so they're on Corneria and it's being attacked. And so I almost wonder if instead of that we should jump to that and like Star Fox is on his his big ship and he's got his crew and maybe they're all kind of new together. And Peppy's like giving him this talk before he goes out and addresses everybody. He's like, "You're gonna make your dad proud because he did this too, you know." And it's some like sappy bullshit. And we're like, "Oh, what's yeah. gonna happen?" Did you say nah? No, I said yes. Okay. I like that. And then so he's given some kind of some kind of talk. Like we got our crew together. This is what we're about. I'm trying to continue my dad's legacy. We don't mention Andros, but you kind of assume because you have a basic understanding of of how plot structure works. And then Corneria gets attacked, and they don't know why or what. But this is their first mission. Is like, holy shit, our home base is being attacked, and we're being called in to help save it. And then you get the basically the first level of Star Fox 64. Right. And they do that, um, and it's like, oh no, I can't believe Andros is back. I think uh, at this point, um, they should find Pigma. And he's actually like part of the attacking fleet. Okay. Uh, and it's like, it's Pigma, blah, blah, blah. Um, and they shoot him, and he's almost down. And Pigma sends out a like a signal. Sends like, and they're like, no, the Star Wolf. You said this wouldn't happen. And he blows up and dies. So we don't have to deal with Pigma anymore. But now mm-hmm. they're like, well, who's Star Wolf? And then that that can be part of another trail that they follow along the way to find where the attacking fleet's coming from. Do we do we want to find out it's Star Wolf right or, or, or Andros right away, or do we want Star Wolf to be the red herring? I think. Everyone watching will know where it's going, but it might be a cute enough red herring if we don't overplay it. Okay. Um, I don't know. I I always like the idea of Star Wolf having this like personal duel thing where he's not loyal to Andros. Um, he just wants a, an excuse to fight Star Fox. Yeah, because that's how it's presented in sixty four. Yes. Um. But I don't know. <laughs> I guess there's different ways to play that, huh? Mm-hmm. But I guess the the direction we're headed is we want to basically have the the plot structure of sixty four, where like basically they're gonna have a reason to go to Venom. They'll yeah. probably stop at one or two planets along the way, and there there'll be like little brief action sequences where they they gotta find the thing, and it's a tracking beacon. It's like what a bio weapon, and then they they get to Venom, and there's a climax. Yeah, we probably shouldn't play up the mystery thing too much because, like you said, everyone knows where it's going, especially if we're starting off with Andros being exiled to Venom. Like, as soon as you mentioned Venom, everyone's... I mean, even before then, they're going to have put two and two together that, oh, it's oh, this like, guy. Even if they don't believe it's Andros, they should, like... They should know the fleet's coming from Venom, and they should all give each other a look. Like, really? Like, th- it couldn't be, could it? Well, it might be, right. I don't know. But it's not like... It shouldn't be out of left field that Andros is behind it. Yeah, and I mean, even 
they don't know it's him right away, but they recognize, like, the technology. It's like, hey, wasn't this what Andros was working on? And, but then the pig mentions Star Wolf instead of Andros, and they're like, oh, well, what the fuck is Star Wolf doing? Like, and so now there's two players that they have to worry about instead of just the one. And maybe that's the direction we go. And then, like, somebody's like, wait, there might be a clue on Dinosaur Planet. And then, and then like, Falco goes, that's gay, and they don't go. <laughs> that's the thing, too, right? So we have, we have four characters as our protagonists. We need to have some interactions with them, because some of the... It can't all be flying around. They have to be on the ship. They have to be talking. There has to be those low-key character moments where they're bonding. You know, they're playing pool on the Great Fox or something like that. Um, how are they getting along with each other? Slippy's new. Foxes or uh, Falco's an asshole. Like, there's this kind of building that we have to do. I don't know how we do it. I don't know if anybody would even give a shit. But it, stories demand it be done, right? Do you remember the DS game uh, Command? Yes. I loved all the many, many endings. Yeah, they were pretty fun. I love, there was one where, like, if you play as Falco, you get, like, a Falco ending where he leaves Star Fox and makes, like, his own team that's competent. Yeah. It's like, what if Star Fox didn't have Slippy? And then they (laughs) save the world. (laughs) I was like, oh, that was a lot easier. Do we kill Slippy at some point? No. Should his dad die? Does his dad even make an appearance in the game? Uh, in Zero, yeah. Okay. Hmm. Maybe, because I don't. I don't know. Right. And then, like, then him and Fox can have a moment. Like, wow, both our dads are dead. Then Falco's like, if you kill cool. your moms, you can become Batman. <laughs> and and I'll be Superman, and we can we can say, wait, my mother was also a frog. <laughs> um, you know, the more I think about it, I I love Star Fox as a brand. I have a little Arwing toy on my desk right now. I'm just looking at it and like, oh, I love this so much. Mm-hmm. I, f- I feel like there was a butt somewhere there that you didn't say. <laughs> oh, no. I just really like it. I th- This would be such a generic, forgettable movie, except for people that cherish it. And that's the problem, right? It's like, do we try to do something to make it not generic or forgettable? Because I feel like the easy thing to do is to make it that base plot structure everyone expects. I think the horrible puppet idea would do it. Yeah. I mean, the other thing we could do is we focus a lot more on Andros and try to make him more of a sympathetic villain, and maybe what he's doing isn't that bad, but it is because he's trying to take over the world. Or galaxy. I think he shouldn't be too sympathetic. Um, Honestly, I'm kind of tired of sympathetic villains. Sure. Um, You know what was the best cartoon ever? Was uh, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. Oh, yeah. And I loved how they handled Miles' uncle, because that's a lot more complicated, but also he dies halfway through. And that serves as the the Uncle Ben situation that kind of helps inspire him. But Mm -hmm. it's so much deeper and complicated because of the the nuance there. Meanwhile, Kingpin is just, he's evil, and you know it's motivating him, but he doesn't at all look right at any moment. Mm -hmm. It's like you get what he's after. But it's not like, oh no, he misses his family. It's more like I, uh, he drew his he he drove his family away. He's creating his own problems by being evil. So it's a lot better just to have him be the bad guy, because then you don't have to feel guilty about him being stopped. Sure. You know, I think there's value to that. Yeah, I do too. I think it kind of so. In order to make the movie not forgettable, we really have to focus on the characters because that always elevates it more than anything. Right now, we're largely focusing on plot. And part of me still wants to do that because you're looking at the video game and it's like, okay, what planets do we include? What are the ones you remember the most? Like, I remember the ones where you're in a tank and those were cool. I'm like, okay, well, we should probably have a tank planet in this. And I remember one of the satellite ones where you first fight Star Wolf. And that's really iconic. I feel like that has to be in this. And so it's like, how do you get to there? And the problem with writing a movie that way is that you're, you're focusing on the plot and how to, to do that instead of what the characters want to do. But if we do a character piece, those take a lot longer to write because we have to start thinking of like, okay, who is Fox? What motivates him? So, uh, do you have like a favorite path on 64? God, I haven't played that game in a long time. I always... I, I remember deliberately playing in a way where you go to the you go to Felucia... Which is the ice planet where you? It's like, oh, they're they're. We have to defuse the bomb or something. 
And so you're fighting off a swarm of enemies, but just as you start to thin them out, that's when Star Wolf shows up. Mm-hmm. And it's like, who are these guys? And they get their own theme song, and they have ships like ours, and it's like, whoa, this is tough. You want to lose against them on this planet. It's a defeat. The base blows up. Star Wolf is out there. It's like, oh, I can't believe they're better than us. And then you go all the way back to the satellite right before Venom and have them show up again, but this time you defeat them. Sure, and that makes, like, it feels more like a story, right? That feels more like a story. Now, the other path is back on Felucia, if you you defeat Star Wolf and you get the good ending and then you get a different path that goes around and when you get to Venom, hard mode on Venom is you fight Star Wolf again, but they're all cyborgs. And it's, it's a it's a more challenging fight and it's kind of cool, but it also like, it's still, it's silly. <laughs> yeah. Like I don't, I don't care that they all survived and they came back as cyborgs, the better ships. Um, I kind of like the defeat moment followed up with a victory moment that, that feels structured like a, a hero's journey. Yeah. I, I, I don't mind structuring this movie like that. I guess, like I said, it really comes down to, how much we want, how interesting we want to make the main characters. Because they're not really in, around enough in the game to be interesting, so we would have to do a lot of heavy lifting. That, and also, how much do we want to focus on the spectacle of them flying around? Like, do you picture this being like Star Trek? Or, no. I, feel... I, I guess, more like the opening to Star Wars 3. When Obi-Wan and Anakin are, like, constantly talking to each other while they're flying towards their destination. Mm-hmm. Like, that opening sequence feels like a Star Fox level. Yeah. Would the whole movie be like that? Because I feel like that'll get tiresome if that's too much. But I it want at least a, a scene or two that's structured like that. I think that would be fun. Like, the other question, too, is, like, when they're not fighting, where are they? Who are they talking to? Where are they going? And... Because oh, the the game, you're you're pretty much exclusively in a vehicle. That's how the game is played. And so when you're not in a vehicle, none of that's there. You're getting, we got an order to do this, but we don't know who's given us the order most of the time. They're kind of just like, they're mercenaries, they're taking jobs. And I'm wondering, if, you know, do you do a little like a Cowboy Bebop thing, right, where they're mercenaries, they have their own ship, they have to pay the bills to keep the lights on and get food and stuff like that. Like, do we introduce something like that in where... Maybe part of the reason they're doing this, or at least everybody but Fox is doing this, is because they want to get paid and the government's paying them to fight this fight. Oh, okay. So they're they're on the Great Fox and they get comms from Pepper. But basically the further they get away from Corneria, like the the weaker the signal gets. And it gets to the point where like the, the trail is dry. They're not sure where to go next. They're having trouble reaching Corneria. But then Falco gets a communication from his old friend Cat, and he doesn't want to talk to Cat. But she says that she she has information about weird stuff going on, and it's like, well, maybe it's Star Wolf, and so they have to reach out to her, and so they go to another planet for that. I like that. I think that would you know, work. like I feel like there's things we could string together. Yeah. But the more I think about it, if we want to model it after '64, I think this would be better pitched as a mini series on Netflix. Yeah. I wonder if that might be a good idea. I feel like we should we should pitch this to Netflix and not Warner Brothers. Well, I'm sorry everyone, we're going to have to delete this whole episode um and yeah, you we have to sign this this NDA and don't tell nobody. Yeah, you know and not Netf- every not every idea is perfect. And Netflix uh, approves everything, so you'll see this next year. I'm going to play the puppet of Falco. Um, there's I'm gonna, gonna be a lot be of the behind R-wing. the scenes where I make the puppets fuck each other. <laughs> <laughs> Did you ever play Zero? Uh no. That was the Wii U one, correct? Yeah, I I love that game and everybody like shat on it from concept. So it I feel like that's the only Wii U game that will not get a port to Switch. Hmm. Which is really a shame because it was like as good as sixty four. You know, you're like one of the first people to tell me that, but I was always curious about the game and then just never got it because the the press was largely so bad and at that point I kind of stopped my I stopped playing video games or played a lot less of them. Yeah. They they captured the level structure, the flying felt good, the bosses were unique, all the chatter though. They they did a good job actually doing the constant chatter 
I feel like Assault didn't handle the talking the same way. They tried to, like, grow up a little bit. Mm-hmm. This went back to Saturday morning cartoon. Um, oh, no, we have to stop the bomb. Wow, that's Star Fox. You know, that's I think we approached everything. Okay, I fucked this up. Because you gave us, you gave me a dumb aesthetic, and then you just said, I said Saturday morning cartoon. I didn't even think of that. Like, we really probably should have been approaching this that way from the whole, whole get-go. Is like, this is a dumb cartoon. It really is. It's more Flash Gordon than uh, Star Wars ended up being. Yeah, because I was thinking, like, Michael Bay movie the whole time we were doing this. I was like, what's the most generic fuck-all tentpole movie that's I could think of where we're using these characters? Went, that's why I went to the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie, where it's like, it's a movie, so it has to be, like, a little more serious, but it's going to be goofy because it's aimed at, like, this dumb kid's property with animal characters. Yeah. So it, there's, like, a weird compromise where it's like, we're going to pretend it's cool, we all know it's not. That's the cool part. Is is this a really hard property to work with, though? Because there's so little to use other than you fly ship to here, blow stuff up. You fly ship to here, stop bad guy. You know, like there's... And you know, so I gotta say, it's super generic and super simple. But I gotta say, the writing in 64 is so good. Because they'll do things like you go to a level and then Bill shows up. It's like, wow, it's Bill. And as a kid, you're like, I- I'm excited. I don't know why. And yeah. they never explain who the heck Bill is <laughs> or like what the relationship is. It just, it's implied the same way that Obi-Wan says, ah, yes, I fought with your father in the Clone Wars. And you don't ask what the Clone Wars are. You just think how cool and big this galaxy is. Yes. So I think we should pitch a prequel movie about who the heck is Bill. <laughs> Finally answer these questions. <laughs> the other thing, too, that the the video game had going for it is like the set pieces were really good like each level felt very unique and cool and you weren't sure what you were going to see next so there's almost like especially when you're younger like you're almost a little afraid of like what's the next big monster I got to show up am I going to be able to defeat it or is it going to kill me oh dude seriously the the soundtrack really sits in the mood like the music is brilliant but also like you remember the sun level where you just you fly close to the sun for some reason Yes. And it's like the ships cannot take it. Like you can only, we're only going to be here for a little bit. We got to tough through it. And you're constantly taking damage. And like yeah, and the whole time great. like everyone's complaining. It's like it is really hot here. <laughs> like Yo. where is it? We got to get this wrapped up. You feel tense the whole time. Yeah, that that game's perfect. Um mm-hmm. I do like the Super Nintendo one. That blows me away to this day what they did with that technology. Uh Star Fox 2 is weak. It was neat for what it did. It had a novel idea, but it was really weak. Um, Star Fox 64 is 10 out of 10. Uh, what came after that? Dinosaur Planet? Yes. Um, so that, I mean, that is what it is. I like that game. I never played it. I watched my brother play it. It was basically like a Zelda game with some flying bits, right? Like, it's not really... Because it, it didn't start off as a Star Fox game. Rare were making a thing, and Nintendo's like, hey, make this Star Fox, because we haven't had a Star Fox game yet yeah. on this system. There's a whole there's a whole story behind that, but then with Assault, they tried to bring it a little more into form, and Assault was mm-hmm. good. Um, Assault was then... really fun. I love the fucking multiplayer in that game. Oh, me too. I played a lot of that. That was actually really good multiplayer. Um, and then after Assault, was it Command? I believe so on the DS. Yeah. Uh, there was a 3DS game, wasn't there? Uh, the or... 3DS game I think was just a remake of Star Fox 64. Was that the only one they did? Oh, and I mean, I think you're. I think you're right, but there was that, and then there, like, there wasn't anything really on the Wii, and then I think we got the Wii U one, which everyone hated because they they tried the demo and said these controls are slightly different. I I I can't do it. I give up. And oh, they got scared. Star Fox Guard. What the fuck was this? Tower defense game with Slippy's dad. Okay, right. I guess. Developed by Nintendo up. and Platinum Games for the Wii U. Oh yeah, that Platinum made Zero, and Guard came with Zero. It was like a if you bought the disc in the store, you got two games. It was like a two pack. Oh okay, I see. Interesting. I didn't I didn't know about Star Fox Guard. I uh, I mean, unpopular gaming opinion. Star Fox Zero is really good, and it <laughs> it really bums me out that people didn't give it a chance. Um. I feel like they wanted to hate it. I don't know if that came from the controls being different 
or just it being fun to shit on the Wii U. But it's it's this thing where people really wanted to hate it, so they would try the demo and go, I can't do it. And it's like these controls are designed for children. Like if you if you have an actual like physical disability, I understand, but most people complaining about it are totally capable of you know, you practice it for five minutes and you're set. Ah. I'm sorry, I've been like coughing and sneezing on and off, and I'm just like, I have to edit all that out before I send it to you. <laughs> Sucks so to anyways. Um, we're at an hour five. We wanna we wanna call it. I feel like we did a good solid attempt for basically not planning anything. Well, we had a good brainstorming session, and I think I think we're right. This is either like a mini series or just a straight up Saturday morning cartoon. Mm-hmm. This would actually be a really fun thing to explore. I actually like the idea of making it like a Saturday morning cartoon, or it's like has the same kind of style as like He Man or whatever, but better animation. But the problem is, is of course it's going to be made in like Flash or Toon Boom. Oh, what if it was? Uh, what if it was animated like original Speed Racer? That'd be kind well, of like, crazy. The characters like rarely move, and it's mostly just yeah. like the spaceships with speed lines going by while they talk. That would be hilarious. I like the idea of like we make something only the two of us will like, and then no one else will watch it, and everyone's like, "What the fuck? Why would you do this?" And it's like, "Cause it's my original vision." Yay! Texting me. Stop it! Stop it! What's your favorite Star Fox quote? Ah. Uh... Oh, it was the ah, uh, I thought like because when Slippy gets shot. Ah! Yeah, that one. I love I love the little stupid jokes and stuff. Eyes open, four enemies ahead! I've got him! Careful, I heard Andros gave his troops Ligma. Ligma? What's Ligma? Slippy, no! Ligma balls! <laughs> that was great. I clipped the mic so hard. Sorry. Uh, I thought you'd appreciate that. I did. That was fun. Oh. Okay. Well, do you have a glad space? Uh, yeah. My glad space is Devin Townsend is a musician, composer. And he's been taking the quarantine thing going on pretty well by just making weird music with his friends. Or working on tracks he had been working on that got shelved, he's bringing it back, and he's remixing and stuff like that. And His uh, YouTube channel right now is a shitload of fun because he's putting together videos for everything. And some of them are really kind of kind of bad because he did them in like an hour, and some of them are honestly really pretty good. Uh, and they're all really fun. So like, if you feel kind of bad, like, you should go check out his music. He's trying to have a good time and he's also like the weirdest man so his stuff is strange uh and i've been really really enjoying his output and i'm guessing it will eventually become a cd when this is all over sweet what's that name again devin townsend and i actually sent you that one stampy song the other day one more time devin townsend there's an old marketing trick you got to say something three times before it starts to stick in your head yeah, that, so I've heard I, that. I try to say the name of things I recommend frequently, and then people say, dude, stop talking. And I go, I, I, one more time, I gotta say it. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that, that was actually really good stuff that you sent me. I was poking out a couple of his other things, too, so I recommend that, too. What about you? What's making you glad this week? Uh, oh, I got one that caught me by surprise, actually, today. Um, wow. You know how, like, when Zootopia came out, it's like, hey, like this is an interesting concept, but I'm a I'm a, a warped individual. So what if this mm-hmm. universe of animals had like realistic consequences? And I started like writing a story. And I've been working on it for years, and then B Stars came out and did the exact same thing but better. Yes. So now I I get to enjoy B Stars without putting work into it. I suppose. Now I got it. Yeah. So what happened today, did I I ever tell you I had an idea for a video game where it's like what my dream platformer would be? The only video game idea I know from you is more of a turn-based RPG. Okay, I had an idea for like more of a straightforward, like, I want to capture the feeling of playing a game on the Game Boy. Okay. I want those bit sounds for the soundtrack. I want the limited color palette. Um, Just something you pick up and just you... 
you move left and right, you jump, you swing a sword, or you shoot ninja knives or something, and that's it. No bells and whistles, just a straightforward little game like they used to make. Um, but with like a cute animal mascot. And what if he was like a little ninja or a samurai or something? That'd be kind of fun. So today, a game called out. Uh, Dogurai. Which is literally just everything I wanted to make. So now I don't have to. I get to just play it. Uh, I'm playing the trailer. Oh, wow. Yeah, this is uh, kind of like what it's, you described. It's straight up like this could run on a Game Boy. Yeah. But it's so like fast and snappy. So, are you, like, legitimately happy you don't have to make this now? Because I guess yes. I'd be kind of upset if I put <laughs> I, thought into a thing. It's not, like, with the comic, I actually put work into it. With this, this is, like, a loose idea that I've been, like, spitballing stuff with a friend. Sure. And so it's kind of like, oh, wait, this is better. I'll think of something else to do, and I'll just play this. Because this is what I've been craving to play anyways. But it's really cute. Yeah, that looks pretty fun. I, I look at like the amount of views it has, and I'm just like, I wish my trailer for my game had that many views. How did he get people to like him? Oh, wow, that is a lot. Of course, I, I like this dev, though. They've been making games for a while. And that's how they did it. They have a following that paid their dues as far as marketing goes. Um, I think it's on the Switch. Uh, I plan on getting it for PS4, but this would be a pretty good portable game. Yeah. So everyone look up Dagurai and uh, see for yourself just how much fun a, uh, a $5 game can be. Yay. Or $10. Is this one 10 or 5 I don't know. And then um, Colin Moriarty released his Vita game. I didn't know he was making games. He yeah he made he he wanted to actually make a Vita game because he's been like preaching Vita for so long and he found a contact that can print Vita cartridges. So he's like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm I'm gonna make my like own game. Yeah. So he actually they released it. It's called Twin Breaker and it's about him and Chris and they're they they it's a <laughs> what's that game Breakout where you just bounce blocks? Like Brick Break. Yeah, Brick Break. It's literally a brick break game, but with a, a sci-fi narrative. And That's... his like self-insert character where just him in a spacesuit saying, This stuff is really important. I need platinum trophies. That's funny. It's kind of funny, but the they actually like they sold out of their pre-orders for the physical copy of the Vita game. Wow. So they, they opened it up more because they just have unlimited access to Vita cartridges. And so it's just like, okay, there's no cap. We'll just keep going and let it ride. And it's actually like one of the top selling Vita games. Because That's everyone great. that everyone that owns a Vita listens to Colin Moriarty talk about the Vita. <laughs> you know, I own a Vita and I haven't listened to him talk about the Vita in a while. But at one point I did, back when I had a Vita and I thought that was a good idea to get. Yes. I played like two what? games on it. What a world. Yeah, we live in a weird cartoon thing that... Continues to baffle me. Oh, well. But, uh, do we want to call it there? I do. I think we had a fun chat. You, you're starting to cut out. Oh, boy. So, picked a good time at the end. You're right. Good night, everyone. I love you. Night. No, but really, I love you.